It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to the latest edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. Lance Meadow with you as we are continuing to break down the Giants 2022 draft class. The Giants had two first-round picks this year. The first one they used on Oregon pass rusher Kayvon Thibodeau. And to get further into Thibodeau and what he'll bring to the Giants, we are now joined by the man who coached him for three seasons with the Ducks. He's now the head football coach at Miami, none other than Mario Cristobal. Coach, greatly appreciate the time. Hope all is well. Let's start, obviously, with a player you know very well, and that is Kayvon Thibodeau. It's interesting because if you go back a few months, a number of people had him in the conversation for the number one overall pick. So for the Giants to be able to land him fifth overall, what does that say about the value and the type and quality of player that the Giants are essentially getting? Well, without question, they got themselves a great player and a great person and someone that's really dedicated to the game and that can really change the course of a game with his ability to get to the quarterback and to just disrupt opponent offenses and for them to have to account for him as well and gobble up an extra protector in the passing game to keep a back in there to help with protection or a tight end. So he can impact the game in a lot of ways, and I know he's eager to get out there and really get to work. Speaking of his eagerness, the one thing that certainly is appealing, at least that I think the New York media certainly already realized, is his personality, as I'm sure you can attest to. What is it about his personality that makes him a good fit for New York, and how did you go about channeling that to get that energy on the field? Well, it was real simple. I mean, a guy, he loves football, and he's a very intelligent and articulate young man. And um, that's a, a great combination to have, especially in a place like New York, right? It's, uh, it goes without saying you're going to be put in front of the microphone. You're going to have to face the pressure of the media, and you're going to have to articulate situations, circumstances, results of games, results of performances. So uh, for us, the best way to do that was making sure that the offensive defensive lines got after it every single day in practice. And for those guys, a young guy like like Kayvon coming into the program and being a freshman, being a highly touted guy, top player in the country, um, Shane Lemieux was part of that, almost that baptism of fire, where it was head-to-head and, and that offensive line getting after him every single day to, to make it a true iron sharpens iron type of atmosphere and culture. And that helped both Kayvon and Shane really grow tighter as a football team, as two units that are always competitive in practice, but together on Saturday. So I think the preparation he's been through over the past three years um, has been absolutely perfect for a place like New York. The other thing that I think gets overlooked, Coach, is, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was a team captain in 2021. And I think that says a lot about how his teammates saw him, how you viewed him. How did the rest of the team feed off of Kayvon's energy, both on and off the field? Yeah, you know, being a team captain at Oregon is, uh, you know, it's not easy to become a team captain. You know, you've got to show it on and off the field. You've got to show it how you handle your own business, how you handle academics, and again, your ability to affect and impact others. So you guys actually got two of our team captains over there now. And, uh, you know, it's when you're elected a team captain, um, you know, you – you're already one of the hardest workers on the team. And now that's got to permeate the locker room. It's got to affect other people. You've got to be able to be the cool head in the fourth quarter when things aren't going great. So uh, it's something that he earned and he deserves. Um, 
and that I think is going to help him, already has helped him in his development as he heads into an NFL locker room, right, where you're starting all over again. You're a rookie. You're a freshman again. And I think his ability to not only play football, but his ability to handle tough situations and circumstances and to be a natural competitor, I think all those things come into play and help him have early success. His pass rushing skill set certainly jumps off the page and jumps off the film. I think that goes without saying. I think what doesn't get brought up more often than not, Coach, with pass rushers is how do they also help stop the run? What jumped out to you about that facet of his game and what he can help apply to the Giants' defense? Well, he's committed to technique and fundamentals and always improving in those facets of the game. He understands clearly that the great ones, the real, real, the true elite defenders, they're masters of their craft. And to be that, they've got to invest a lot of time in technique and fundamentals, studying the film, working hands, marrying up the hands and the feet, being explosive, taking care of your body. And he's all about that. So when you watch him on tape and you watch the amount of times he took on man blocks, double teams at the tight ends, gap blocks, down blocks, reach blocks, crack blocks. I mean, he does a, an excellent job an excellent job with balance, body control, and power. Heavy-handed, but light on his feet. And now, you know, he's probably weighing 260, 265 pounds right now and still growing. You know, remember the a guy like him, uh, our last three draft picks, you know, at Oregon, all top 10 picks, all played, you know, um, all went to the NFL very young, minus Justin Herbert. And so these guys, they, they're still developing. So I think that Kayvon's best football is still ahead of him. Don't miss your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Well, and I think that's an interesting point that you bring up because sometimes we look at these top picks, coaches, you can attest to as finished products, and we expect them to step on the field, and then all of a sudden, wow, everybody. Where do you think Kayvon's ceiling is, even though he was taken fifth overall? Sure. No, it's limitless. It is. Because, you know, when you're a natural pass rusher, I mean, right there, obviously everybody gets excited, but he can even enhance his skill set even more with, you know, NFL coaching and now being able to spend an entire day just dedicated to football as opposed to splitting your days with class and football. Uh, from a nutritional standpoint, right? I mean, all of a sudden, it's it goes from uh, from the college meal prep to the NFL meal prep. There's a lot of things, a lot of different um, aspects of his game that will be enhanced, and he'll get better and better. But his ability, again, to play the run, to take on large human beings and man blocks and double teams, being able to hold the point, being able to split double teams, being able to shed blockers, it's really unique and it's high, high level. And I think his impact in the run game is going to be just as much as it is in the passing. You mentioned the fact that it was fun to see him go and compete against your offensive lineman on a daily basis. And you did bring up Shane Lemieux, who Giants fans are very familiar with because they took him two years ago. What does it mean for him to be reunited with a teammate and have at least some familiarity already within that Giants organization? Well, I think that always goes a long way. I think those two, you know, there was a moment in the development of our team at Oregon in our second year where those two were the catalyst to the galvanizing of our football team, where competition was something that was was really starting to be welcomed and embraced as opposed to being 
pitted as a, as a rivalry, you know, because teams go two different ways, right? When you start introducing competition, in the NFL's case, draft picks, right? And at the collegiate level, recruiting. And it goes one or two ways, right? Because there's a culture in place and the culture, it's, it has responsibility. The older guys are responsible for coming halfway and taking the younger guys and bringing them with them. And it's the young guy's responsibility to dive into this culture. And when they get there halfway to go all the way with the rest of the guys. So you're looking at two guys that went through that in a coaching change and a culture change that led to Pac-12 titles, Rose Bowl championships, a top five ranking, and eventually being drafted in the NFL. So their experience on a team that was four and eight and taking it to a championship, I think is absolutely just, uh, it's priceless as it relates to walking into a new setting, new faces, new culture, and contributing in any way they can. They understand that they are part of a team and that the team is the most important part. That's what you get from our culture of what we had over there while we were at Oregon. And I think they bring that to the table, and I think their teammates will really appreciate that. I'm glad you brought up adapting and dealing with change, Coach, because interestingly – Kayvon, during his Oregon tenure, worked with two different off, two different defensive coordinators. So he has experience adjusting to a new scheme, which he obviously is going to have to do now with new defensive coordinator for the Giants, Don Martindale. How much better prepared is he for that, given he already went through that and experienced that at the collegiate level? Well, we make it known early that the only constant in football is change. You know, it's just, you know, that every single year there's going to be some kind of change, which, you know, hopefully he'll be able to play for a a consistent coaching staff over the course of the next several years. But being able to adapt and still have success at a high level says a lot about a guy. He means that uh, a guy is coachable. A guy is open to new ways, right? New methods of doing things and improvement. And at the end of the day, if you really are about the team, You'll accept change no matter how different or difficult it may be, knowing that the team goals are at stake. So I, uh, I think, again, another invaluable experience and aspect to his growth. On the topic of change, interestingly, when you were coaching Shane Lemieux, he had that record 52-game streak. He never missed a start, which is, as I'm sure you can attest to, is quite impressive considering the physicality of the sport. I'm not sure, Coach, how much interaction you've had with him, but – Unfortunately, he missed pretty much the entire season last year due to a knee injury. Given the fact that he was so durable in college, what do you think the challenge was for him last season and now the outlook for him to bounce back and try to get through the grind of a year? Oh, he'll bounce back. I've never seen a guy like him. I mean, that guy, he's he's a piece of iron. He is steel inside and out, and he lives, lives for playing football. So, you know, uh, it's we have a very unique way of developing linemen. You know, I mean, heck, in our course, in our time there, four draft, and we left behind another five draft picks that are sitting there right now. Left it loaded, like completely <laughs> loaded. So it's a culture that, you know, they are responsible for upholding those standards, and they won't tolerate anything or anyone that doesn't. So Shane is, uh, Shane's DNA is exactly what you want as a, as a son, as a teammate, as a leader, as a future father or husband, I mean, he's exactly what you want. So I, uh, I think you're going to really enjoy, you know, him bouncing back from that injury and playing his best football. On the topic of injury, interestingly, coach, when GM Joe Shane spoke to the media, the one thing he commended Kayvon Thibodeau about 
was the fact that he played through an ankle injury this past season and how, you know, in today's landscape, it's very easy for a college player to say, hey, I want to focus on getting healthy, looking towards the NFL. How did you go about navigating how he dealt with the ankle injury? And what did that say to you about him, the fact that he was willing to play hurt? Well, you know what? It was he had a pretty severe ankle injury. He did. I don't think uh, he received enough credit for that. And I'm sure I mean, you know how it is nowadays. People are in the ears of these young men all the time. Hey, opt out. Hey, don't play. Don't do this. Don't do that. You're going to be a top pick. And credit to him. He was he played, you know, he, he rehabbed intensely and he came back and he played. And, and the culture calls for that. I mean, with us, it's say you're playing, you're, you're on board or you're not. And he fits right in with that. And um, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit for that. He really does. And I don't think he ever he ever got that. And I mean, I know there's there's one uh, there's one game in particular, I believe that, you know, he had to sit out the first half due to a targeting call. I think the second half I had in the neighborhood of 55 to 60 play. I think he took every single snap, just didn't want to come off the field. So that's that's what you're getting there. You know, and a guy that wants to be pushed, you know, and that can take hard coaching. And I think that's in the NFL. That's what you're going to get, right? You get the best coaching there is. And I know the Giants have, a, you know, put together a tremendous organization and great coaches. I'm looking forward to watching those coaches challenge him and push him to get the most out of them. Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. I mentioned he's one of two first-round picks for the Giants, and we talked about iron sharpening iron going up against the offensive lineman. If I have this correct, Coach, you actually were responsible for recruiting Evan Neal at Alabama before you went to Oregon. So I thought it'd be only appropriate to ask your perspective about the other Giants first round pick, considering you really saw him when he began to develop his tools on the offensive line before he even got to Alabama. Yeah, hey, I was on my way actually to visit, uh, I believe it was Jerry Judy and Calvin Ridley. And uh, I asked the plane, hey, I need you to stop in Okeechobee because <laughs> I, I've been informed of, of a ginormous human being that I got to go see. and. Uh, uh, you know, and I'm getting calls back from the Alabama recruiting office saying, you can't do that. You can't alter our plans. I'm like, I think you'll thank me later if this is what I think it is. Um, and got to see Evan Neal in person for the first time and offered him. And uh, he actually committed to Alabama uh, as a freshman in high school, came up to camp and everything. Uh, I had left Alabama. He had decommitted, then recommitted. So I wasn't there for his time there. But yeah, it was, uh, that's how the recruiting process started with him. I, I just remember seeing him in person and saying, I, this is just a whole new level of just monstrosity. <laughs> um, but I'm a big fan, you know, watching him play throughout the years and how he's developed. Strength and conditioning has really taken his physique and his abilities and just exponentially made him more explosive and powerful. Uh, he can play it all. You know, I, again, I watch a lot of tape and I study offensive lines. You couldn't you couldn't ask for a better scenario, you know, uh, I mean, unless you got Penesco last year, which, you know, that's our other guy. But um, you can ask for a better scenario on on two young guys playing the edges that can really impact the football team. Well, because, you know, as you just mentioned, the trenches certainly make quite the impact on a football team. Well, speaking of impact, Coach, so let's see. You put your stamp on Alabama, Oregon. Now you're going to do the same at Miami. I mean, you've got the entire college landscape here at your disposal in terms of what you've been able to do. 
I've been very fortunate, you know, and uh, I had a great high school coach. And I swear to this day, he's the very best mentor that I've ever had. And the principles and values that he embedded in us about working hard, doing the right thing, making sure it's max effort every single day at all costs. Those things, they, they hold up anywhere, whether it's here in the Pacific Northwest and in the, uh, in the Southeast, I, they all hold up. So been very blessed. We feel that now we're, uh, we're at a place where now we can take it to a whole new level and we're excited to get things going. Well, before I let you go, I want to go to a very light note. When Giants general manager Joe Shane spoke to the media, he mentioned that when he went out to Oregon Pro Day, Kayvon Thibodeau took him and special assistant to the GM, former Giant Jesse Armstead, out for dinner, and he took them to a Korean barbecue place in Eugene. So considering you've been at Oregon, two-part question, what could you say about the influence that Korean barbecue may have had on the Giants wanting to solidify their decision to take Kayvon Thibodeau? And B, how concerned should the giant chefs and the kitchen staff be about Thibodeau's ability to prepare and make food, considering he said you prepare that yourself when you go to that place? Well, I, you know, I, 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 I might have had a, a tough time drafting him if I knew that. He should have gone right across the street over to Beppe and Gianni's and gotten some unbelievable Italian food. But um, you know what? Jesse Armstead's a former teammate of mine you know, here at the University of Miami. And I had a chance to connect with him, you know, throughout the course of years and most recently, you know, throughout this process for the 22 draft. So I'm really happy that he's going to be there uh, having that type of mentorship, knowing Jesse and the type of player and guy that he is. So uh, sky's the limit, you know, for Kayvon. And I believe Shane as well. I'm glad he's with you guys. My brother was actually drafted by the Giants way back in, in 19. 90 when they used to have 12 rounds and whatnot. And uh, so always a fan. I worked in uh, at Rutgers University for three years and was always up that way and watching practice. So I'm really, um, really rooting for you guys and certainly for a couple of guys that I had the great honor to coach. Well, when they say it's a small world, it certainly applies to Mario Cristobal, given his connections to the Giants as well as the college and the NFL landscape is the Giants select former Oregon pass rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau with the fifth overall pick. Coach, can't thank you enough. Greatly appreciate the time and the insight. As you mentioned, we look forward to seeing what Kayvon's going to do for the Giants, and I look forward to speaking to you down the road. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. This is the latest edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast, which you can catch on Giants.com, the mobile app, and your favorite podcast platform.